When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Uh, Green tells Camille that he suspects she is only with him because she wants to get to General Madrano. See, there's all this general. bollocks in this yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all chucked at you. I had to put the subtitles on to follow who was what, yeah. Mm, and like you and and like we mentioned before, it's so badly shot that the kind of you get close ups of everybody and you don't get time to sort of breathe in what's happening. Yeah. Uh but Madrano turns up uh, to have a meeting with Green. And then um, Green at that very the, moment, at that at very that moment, very moment, and Green, <coughs> and Green says that his company can destabilize governments and put Medrano in charge. All they ask in return is a patch of worthless desert. Oh, now do you know who's going to play Medrano originally? No, Al Pacino wanted it. No, yeah, why? He. Yeah, I know. They'd asked him if he wanted to play Dominic Green and he wasn't interested. And then he read the script and he went, ah, oh, quite like this, pervy Bolivian. Mm. I think the guy they got's perfect. He is great, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him in quite a few things and he's always loads of fun. Mm. No, he's great. He, he's he's a much more interesting and, villain, I'll tell you that. Much more interesting villain. He was in Eastbound and Down Series 2 when he's in Mexico. And he was recently in The Suicide Squad. Was he? <coughs> yeah, he's the baddie in that and he's very good. He's the head he's, baddie. He's sort of, yeah, basically, he's the head of the bad army. But he's basically playing the same part as he is in this. He's a corrupt general. So then Madrano's like, oh, of course, she's a bit of all right. And then Green goes, oh, she really wants to meet you. And then he says, I tell you what, I'll chuck her in as a deal sweetener. And Camille's yeah. like, oh, all right. And then he says, and a nice line. He has a couple of good lines in this, Green. He says, drop her over the side when you're done. Ugh, so then, Madrano goes off with Camille on his speedboat, and Bond's like, right, well, I'm going to fucking ride my motorbike over all the docks, showing off. Showing a lover. Showing yeah. off. Making he a is. scene. He is, though. He could just go and get in a boat. And he gets in a boat, and thus begins... I will the say that's where he... But there's a, there's a when where he jump, jumps off the ramp into the boat because the camera follows him over the jump. And I think Again, that's done. how you know it's born people because they did that yeah. with a jump through but the was, window. Yeah. yeah, but it's done practically and I do like that stuff. Yeah. But then he gets in a boat and thus begins the worst action, the worst shot action scene I've ever seen in my life. Uh, do you know what I've written? I've written... What? Uh, in keeping with the, the theme of 90s shows earlier. Do you remember oh. the show Thunder in Paradise starring Hulk Hogan? <laughs> yes, I do. Could yeah. be a cut scene from that, this. 
Mm. So dull. It's just dull, and you don't. The logistics don't make any sense. And they're trying to have a conversation with all the noise. And again, I remember when the film was being first conceived, the the paparazzi had got shots of Craig practicing piloting a speedboat on some river somewhere in England in preparation for all this. He might as well have not bothered because you can't see him driving it, even if he was driving it, and you can't see what the fuck's going on. And it eventually ends with this huge collision, knocking out Camille, and then he just drops her off with some random blokes he's just seen and buggers off. <laughs> yeah. This sequence needed to be a gadget boat. Or he could have had a gadget that helped. Like he just yeah. he takes out his wallet and he's got a little fan and he goes faster or something. Yeah, but, but he's not really gadgety have... yet, is he? No, but imagine if he'd have like phoned ahead or something and there was like some sort of <laughs> boat that looked normal and then he jumps in it and it turns into like a super flying boat with the fires out fucking Nazi brontosauruses or <laughs> an explosion. How's that going to help? I don't know. Half the time, Q, I'll be honest with you, I'm like, how's that going to help? And then hour and a half later, it's like, ah, oh, it's just the ticket that was. Yeah, I was wrong about that. It's exactly I, 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 I'll be honest, this time I thought he's gone mental now with a, mm. with a boat that shoots out Nazi brontosauruses, <laughs> but fuck me, it turned out that's the only thing that would have helped in the situation I found myself in. <laughs> Like he fires them out and they're tidy, and then they gotta go boo and get huge. Yeah, when you but yeah, you gotta get them wet and they expand. Exactly. Takes about yeah. half an like hour. Those foam things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Kids love them. Yeah, and then and then they're like <laughs> destroy, destroy everybody and leave political messages to make people think the Black Panthers did it. I've been watching stuff about Charles Manson. I don't know if it's obvious. Yeah, you know it is now. Yeah, yeah. I've been on my own for three days. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> fucking hell I'm turning into him <laughs> I am yeah yeah. people do say I'm a bit of a cult I think that's what they said <laughs> <clears throat> is that yeah, a Bob so- Monko's gag yeah it is yeah, yeah. no no his is one uh, people people think I live in Kent they shout it as I walk past oh that's right that's right <laughs> uh, so Bond calls M and he says I need you to do a name check on Dominic Green and she looks it up and he's the CEO of Green Planet a company that's been buying up lots of land as ecological preserves. Again, it's just like they look up Dominic Green, mm. and they go, and they go, "There's going to be a lot of them," mm. and then they go, "But it's probably this one." Yeah, it's got to be this one. Luckily, it is. I mean, there's only one French one. Uh, and then she tells him off again. For, she goes, "Oh, how, how was Mister Slate?" And then Bond goes, "Oh, that was a bit of a dead end, meaning a you know I killed him." And she's like, "Maybe you should stop killing people." He's like, maybe you should fucking mind your own business. Yeah, maybe you should read my job description. Yeah. And my license. I'm not a painter and decorator. I've got a license to kill. <laughs> Means I can kill who I like. The milkman turns up late, I can shoot him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I get overcharged. That reminds me, go on my house. I'm not there at the minute. You can, have to, can you tell him I don't want any bottles? <laughs> Because otherwise, yeah. there's going to be a bunch of... I basically, I, I left my maid there to shoot the milkman if he's late. Yeah, she's just sitting there now with a high-powered rifle. Well, she ain't got a license to kill. Well, I assume it was transferable, like when you give somebody a blockbuster card. Yeah, it's by proxy, yeah. I've shared my, yeah. my login with her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've shared my license to kill login. <laughs> my wife's got a license to kill. My two children have a children's license to kill. Our tortoise, as you can see, I've strapped a knife to its back. <laughs> Obviously, it would take a while. I'm imagining if it's like someone's already dying, the tortoise can come up slowly and prod him. 
Turns out, uh, for tortoise with a knife in his back doesn't need a license to kill. Because, I mean, literally, I looked into this. No mm-hmm. tortoise has ever been arrested for murder. <laughs> ever. Look it up. <laughs> do you think, I don't think they could, could they? What, get arrested or do it? Both. They could do it. You reckon? They, they got BDIs. They have got BDIs. But, I mean, they'd have to, I think they... They, you probably have to put them on a little slide in order for them to have the speed to do the stab because they can't do it walking up to you. They definitely can't. I was thinking unless, like, maybe you've had, like, a fatal heart attack and you're, like, lying there with, like, gasping for air and one could slowly come up to you and start, like, stabbing you in the neck slowly. I think even then you'd have to fall onto it. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. You could put a bit of lettuce in its mouth that's got, like, poison on it and it could spit it at you. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, oh, I wish I hadn't wasted my time strapping that knife to it now. <laughs> to kill myself a, in the logic I'm, of this athlete <laughs> sketch. I'm just imagining it looking like something out of Mad Max, like with little shoulder pads on. And a little mask. <laughs> it's got shoulder pads made of littler shells. Yeah, like Lord Humunga, Lord Humung yeah. Tortoise. <laughs> I love it. My favourite part of this podcast is when mm. you you grasp for a pun. <laughs> I it love wasn't it. even a good. It wasn't even a good one. Sometimes they're not. It's that's mm. not the bit that makes it fun. It's the mm. fact that you. I can hear your brain work. It tries. I mean, I'm, I've got a very foggy brain at the moment, so it's it's not easy. It's not affecting you at all. Oh, excellent. That's that. That could be a bad thing, but I'm taking it as good. Good. <laughs> Um, so M's like, well, we better ring our American cousins about this Dominic Greenfellow. So she rings, and who is it? But now, huge star David Harbour. But then, no one, David Harbour. <laughs> I mean, he's in a Bond film. He's doing all right. He couldn't get arrested then, though. He's married to Lily Allen now. He's, his father-in-law is Keith Allen. Back then, he dreamed of having a piece of shit for a father-in-law. But now, <laughs> he's got it. So good for him. Um, uh, by the way, this is on fire. I don't really follow the gossip trade, so this is the first that I found out that he's married to Lily Allen. He's married what to Lily party Allen. did they meet in? Um, I don't know. Maybe it was like, it's the Piece of Shit Awards <laughs> in London's glittering West End, hosted by Keith Allen. <laughs> That's really funny. Who also walked away with all awards. the awards. Yes. <laughs> Actually, making it the shortest award ceremony ever, and all the pieces of shit in the audience are like, "Good, I got somewhere yeah. else to be because I'm a yeah. piece of shit." <laughs> so, Gregory Beam, his name is, played by David Harbour. He's with our friend Felix, and um, he gets a call, and um, he goes, "Ah, Dominic Green. Now we've got no interest in him." And the name's like, "Well, he's got interest in him then." Yeah, he must have because he's the head of the piece of shit division of the CIA. He's the piece of shit division. And uh, so they're like, well, keep an eye on Bond and let's see where he's going. Cause he, 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 and then um, Green, that very moment, Green comes on. Um, he doesn't come on it. He walks on yeah. to, he comes in and goes, oh! He walks on, he goes, yeah. sorry, nice to meet you. I won't shake your hand. Yeah, um, yeah there was a ghost in there. I'm begging Banyabat to make this as a video because I want to see 
I want to see a ghost yeah, with yeah. a willy. <laughs> Imagine that as a film, though. Imagine The Exorcist with like there's a ghost in my willy. Oh, guys, how do you make it spin round like that? Well, um... <laughs> I refer you to my earlier answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's very calm. For someone with a ghost in their willy, well, what are you going to do? In a lot of ways, I'm enjoying myself. I've just ejaculated. <laughs> what can I say? Um, Actually, get a priest. Actually, get a sexy nun. Get a sexy nun and uh, a handsome priest. Just, you know, <laughs> cover both bases. Mind you, Max von Sydow wasn't the slouch in the old good looks department, was he? No, he's good. It's just, I, I, can we, I want Max von Sydow, but not covered in latex. Not no, I not finish, covered in latex. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want his face all white. <laughs> of course, they all end up like that at the end. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Like, oh, God. We're going to change the phrase. She had left her with a face like a, like a plasterer's radio to left her with a face like Max von Sydow in The Exorcist. <laughs> anyway, <sighs> so he, he walks onto the plane and... Um, there's Felix, there's Gregory Beam. And then Beam is very happy to do business with Green. And then Green's like, I just want this land. And he's like, you haven't found diamonds, have you? And he's like, no, 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 I haven't. And he's like, yeah, you probably have. And then they leave. And then Felix goes, "We, you know, those, those people are terrible. And then he has that other line that I quite like in this film. And he says, you're right, we should only deal with nice people. I do, that's, that, that, is, that is a nice line, well delivered. He's really good, it's just kind of a... I'm not sure why great. the character's in it. It feels like there's a whole plot line for that guy that's just not there. It feels like he should get his comeuppance at the end, like being caught with his hand in the cookie jar, as it were, but he doesn't. You what don't does see happen him again. to him? We just, we just don't see Nothing. him again. Nothing. Yeah. He, he should get bummed by a Nazi brontosaurus. Yeah. I'm not, at the end yeah. of Jurassic Park. <laughs> They're like, well, that's poetic irony. How? Yeah. How? That, that brontosaurus wasn't related to this plot whatsoever. Well, all right, fine, but he's... He's having his comeuppance. He's having it right now. Thing is, right, a lot of people think that Manson was involved with the CIA, so this is actually quite a clever joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. So, um, (laughs) oh, yeah, we also get the bit where Green says, sorry, before we get to the end there, uh, Green says to him, oh, this this fella's been annoying me. Do you know who he is? And he shows Felix the picture on his Sony phone. Felix is like, no, sorry, I don't know who he is. And then Beam, and in another moment, I like goes, yeah, that's James Bond. He yeah, goes, oh wait, that's James Bond. I don't know how I could have missed that. And he gives him a look like, <laughs> like, mm. oh, actually, you know, John Thompson's sketch in, mm. in, in the, the thing with the with the wife. He goes, anyway, I said to him, do you know who this is? He goes, no, and I said, that's James Bond. You lying shit. What did I say? <laughs> you James Bond. Uh. I hope we crash now. <laughs> um. Yeah, and that's when he questions Felix's loyalty. Yeah, which doesn't again is a plot that doesn't really go anywhere. No, it should. Do. Actually, Nothing we do, changes. We do see Beam again one more time, but again, like you say, there's never a end. There's never a sort of climax. No, it's, it's as it were, essentially to, it's, he's doing the same thing in the next scene in the back of a hotel as he does in this. He's just yeah. vaguely. It's he's just sort of like oh, it's clever because the CIA are always. You know, they're, they're not, you can't trust them when they're just looking after American interests at any cost. It's like, yeah, yeah, all right, well, calm down with mm. the satire. Yeah. Because it's, it's Angus not Deaton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you brown suited bitch. Yeah. That's that's towards Angus Deaton, by the way, not to anyone 
No, no, no. Well, and and mm. uh, the, the this guy in the film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who's not yeah. good? Who Jeffrey Beam? No, Jeffrey Beam. Yeah. Sorry, Gregory Beam. Gregory. Beam. Gregory Beam. Yeah. So Bond goes to Austria because he's he's tracing Green. Has he gone to Austria? Uh, oh, the Tosca thing. Goes to Tosca. Now, what the fuck's this about? I had to watch a lot of this scene three times to understand what was going on. Yeah, because I get it. Again, this is Bond doing that thing where something happens while something big happens. But this feels like the big thing overlaps too much over the other thing. Well, yeah, I'm watching. I'm more interested in Tosca than what's going on in the film, if I'm honest. <clears throat> well, the, the problem with this scene now is that one of the Mission Impossibles, I forget which, did this scene basically much a better. times better. Rogue Nation, yeah. At the yeah. opera with the flute. Rifle, with the flute gun, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember watching that scene and just thinking, "Oh my god, why isn't Bond doing this? Because this is amazing, so so tense, very Hitchcock." Whereas yeah, this, this is just not. dull. There's a bit because he's following a block. He's 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 just standing about, and there's yeah. a bunch of people coming and getting, getting their quantum party bags. No, no, they're not quantum party bags because they. Well, there's Tosca ones for normal yeah. people who yeah. aren't quantum. They're just getting a Tosca bag, and then somebody yeah. comes up. And you, so this blonde bloke comes up and he goes to the counter where the bags have been handed out, and yeah. they're basically going normal or criminal syndicate. And he's gone criminal yeah. syndicate, please. Uh, and they've gone. Well, the I'll just. I've just. I've got these under the table, but I didn't understand why Bond follows the blonde guy. I had to watch it three times to go. Oh right, they're getting him a bag from underneath. But yeah. I, it's so badly shot from a distance. I didn't get yeah. that at all. No. And he beats up the guy and then locks him in the toilet and takes his earpiece and then he goes up to the rafters to watch what's going on. And well, basically, what they're doing—he locks the guy into the bathroom. So he yeah, maybe breaks off the handle. Yeah, he the breaks off the handle, like... sticking him in there. He could be in there for bloody days. I mean, he, let's assume he's dead. Yeah. Some poor cleaner who's on seven pound fifty an hour is going to find that next Wednesday. Mm. The guy would be just, like, "I feel sorry for them." No, oh, it's horrible. And also, the guy might have like a weak heart for all we know. <laughs> well, I'm get, what? What? The cleaner? No, the mat. Well, both. Well, I don't care if the quantum guy's got a bad heart. He's quantum. That's true. I just don't want the cleaner having a heart attack. That's true. That's true. Um, but then, we, well, then he goes up to watch Tosca. And, and there's quite, again, on paper, I think is a nice idea <coughs> of the baddies conducting an earpiece business meeting during an opera. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be annoying if you're not in quantum and you're sat next to someone who is. Mm. Yeah, you'd think he was a bit mad. Well, he'd be like, can you not do that right now? I'm trying to watch yeah. Tosca. Why would you do this? Why would you do it at an opera? Yeah. But one of them is um, a guy, the character's called Guy Haynes, but it's Martin from Friday Night Dinner. It's Paul Ritter from um, oh. Chernobyl. We love Paul Ritter. Very sad yeah. he's gone. For example, he, uh, a fr- my friend of mine was doing a one-act uh, play, a one-woman play in, I think, mm. Edinburgh, she was doing it, and Paul mm. Ritter happened to come along. And he just walked up to a really nice guy. He just put one hand on his shoulder and he just nodded at her and smiled and left. And as she said, it was the most greatest moment of her professional career. Aww. He was a very nice man. He seemed like a very nice man. And if you watch the Friday Night Dinner reunion show, it was very sad. I haven't, I've only seen a couple of episodes of that. Uh, well, he was in the reunion show and it was obviously when he was very far along in his illness. and He just looked like a different person and it was very sad. Aww. He had some sort of brain tumour, didn't he? Yeah. Bless him, bless him. It's a shame he's in this, but I mean, he's luckily. I'm glad he you, got paid. I'm glad he got paid, but then he's in things like Chernobyl, where he just nearly steals the show from Jared Harris. So, yeah, yeah. good for him. 
so yeah so in any they're all having these chats about um you know shall we shall we um plant a nazi dinosaur in checkers and then bonds goes i've got a good idea how about you stop holding a stupid fucking meeting at a pretentious opera why don't you do it in a wimpy yeah. Yeah, and this isn't coming from me. This is coming from everyone who's paid £350 a ticket, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Because I don't know why you've held this at the Edinburgh Fringe. You know prices are shooting up, right? Is it 350 It's a bucket split. invite Jerry Sadowitz as well, so this is going to (laughs) get... Jerry Sadowitz. (laughs) (laughs) He was going to be playing Tosca, who I assume was the lead character of the play Tosca. But he's called it Cunter, and he's talking about knobs. So this is going to get cancelled. In fact, Jerry Sadowitz was supposed to be doing a show tonight. He got cancelled, so they whipped up Tosca quick. I mean, fair play. Yeah, yeah. We've been Muriel. Muriel over there. See Muriel? She's been making that big papi mashy eye all fucking day she had. That eye's really annoying, isn't it? Well, try being Muriel. Yeah, well, I've tried being Muriel. She's, <laughs> she's heaven sent, this Muriel. <laughs> Um, so then all hell breaks loose because they all start buggering off and Bond takes pictures of them with a tiny Sony camera from about 400 yeah. yards. And yeah, they all come that's going to look like nothing. They come out right. like they come out like airbrushed like paintings. I know. Well, they come out looking like you can make up the, who they are as opposed to what, yeah. what actually happened is that back in London, they'd be going, why is he sending us pictures of his mash? And his, why, is, why is he sent? It's a black frame with nothing in it. Yeah, why is he sent? I think he's. Is this lava bread? Bond, why are you sending us pictures of lava bread? <laughs> Sorry, Dalton left him. Um, yeah, and, and luckily, MI6 have got the software that's able to decipher all of these images. And they're like, oh, bloody hell, all the, all the leaders of the world, or not leaders, but people who work for the leaders of the world, are at this meeting for a Vauxhall scheme that offered used cars. <laughs> uh, but meanwhile, Bond gets in a fight, and this is where it just goes up its own arsehole, because the Tosca music takes over, and all of the action takes place in silence. I oh, know, I've written down... Hate it. First of all, it's a very short and unexciting action scene, with mm. the sound up. Mm. Right? Without it, it's nothing. It's gone for... Oh, just tell the director to watch Chorus Tower or something that weekend, mm. and misunderstood it. Got, what mm. have you done with the sound off? All yeah. right, let's see what happens. Well, that looks shit. Ah, it doesn't matter. We're going to the pub. I like to imagine that big train sketch where they were sitting there and someone was like, what about this? And it's the live version of Rocket All Over the World underneath. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's just really pretentious. And um, But he goes up to the roof eventually and a British agent... Of course he does. Up there. Hmm. He's always but up we, a roof. But there's a bit of a nod to the Spy Love Me here, I think. Because in the spiral up uh, when we ask, where's Fekesh? And he's holding that guy by the tie on the roof. And then eventually lets him go. Bond does that with this fella, but he pushes him in a bit a bit instead. And he lands on Green's car. I like this bit, by the way. Where Green says, does he work for us? And the guy goes, Is he no. one of ours? Yeah, yeah. No. And he goes, then you should not be looking at my face. There's a lot of references to Bond films of old in this. I don't mm. know if I like it. No, I don't. I think it just like smacks of... We don't know how to fill some time in this. Just don't remind us of better films. Mm, mm. Um, so this this fella falls in the bonnet, as we mentioned, and then Green's people shoot him. So then M gets a brief that one of Guy Haynes's men <coughs> was shot and fell off a roof, pushed off a roof. So they make it sound like Bond's done it. Mm. Um and then M phones Bond and says, you need to come in for a debrief. 
and she accuses him of shooting someone and then Bond says that he tried not to. See, at that point I'd go, well, I didn't, even though I did shoot about five people before him. I didn't shoot that bloke. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then she says, right, well, stop Bond's passports and cancel cancel all of his cards. Like, what, even his personal ones? Yeah, that one we write up, because the thing is... How much is this boy earning? Because I've, mm. I've started talking it up over the course of the, all the, the Daniel uh, Craig films. He must be doing quite well. Because mm. the next time we see him, he's on his way to a very nice hotel on a one-man boat, yeah. chauffeur-driven boat, that he mm. must now be paying for with his own cash. Yeah. He must be walking around with a... He must be like a dad from the 80s going around all this Spain with like a money belt the whole time. Or he's doing a Dirk Diggler and sort of allowing men to watch him wank in an alley for a hundred quid a go. <laughs> I mean, that must be it. He's going to cut off all his cards. But, Mum, he could just end up wanking in alleys. Yeah, well, well, if it, if it happens, it happens. Yeah, we've done our bit. That would have been a better credit sequence. Much better. Just you have, <laughs> yeah, The gun barrel could have been, been, a, been a, yeah. his, his knob hole. Ian Fleming. A ghost flies out of his willy and writes Ian Fleming's James Bond ben right ghost next writing. to his bell end. With like yeah. a pheromone kind of <laughs> Anyway, the yeah. So bow, bow, bow. Ooh. Vincent he goes, Price. He goes to the airport and then flies off to uh, Talamon, Italy. And as you say, he's been privately escorted to go and see Mathis, who at the end of Casino Royale, we are led to believe was a traitor. Yeah. But now they're saying it it was a bit of a mistake, so they paid for him. Is this how we find out? We don't find out in Casino Royale he wasn't a traitor. No, we definitely don't. Right. Um, But in this, he's like, well, he basically says, well, they were wrong. So they've paid me loads of money to go and live here and, and retire. And Bond's like, well, never mind that. Never mind that nice life you're having with all the wine and sunbathing with your nice wife. I want you to come and get murdered with me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, actually, it's a terrible bit of dialogue, yeah, when they're talking. Mm. Uh, Bond says, yeah, this is a trope I hate, where, they, mm. where this, the bit of dialogue starts with the words, well, they say, and then a made-up phrase that doesn't exist. Yes. In this case, they say you're judged by the strength of your enemies. No one said that. No, no one one's nan that. has ever said that to you. I tell you what I always say is, you're judged by the strength of your enemies. Now, go to sleep. Right? It's just... It's like, and it's, it always sounds profound, but it's meaningless. And Maybe made up, and not a thing that, that anyone say. Yeah, though they say, fucking, only a strong wind can kill Desert Connor. Like, no, <laughs> no, that's not a... They said that about Gordon Kay, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, oh, fuck. That's amazing. Oh, God. What the international listeners must have to be on trigger fingers on Wikipedia for this. You, you know, I did, I did finally... That... Yeah. Go on. No, I was going to say, I found my... <coughs> I found my stats recently, and I do have listeners in America, Canada, Australia, and Germany, and France, so they must be going... I know. Gordon I'm Kay. friendly with some of them off of Twitter. Uh. Oh right? They absolutely love searching up your... Like, anyone who's listening from abroad now... In fact, anyone who's younger than us probably wouldn't get that Gordon Kay joke. That was a satirical joke about something that happened in 1987. <laughs> <coughs> but it happened, is the point. It did happen, but it was so long ago. And yet yeah. I got it, and you thought of it without even thinking. You just said yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But Des O'Connor can only be killed by high wind, so <laughs> fair enough. 
They both didn't die from high winds, so it's, it's a happy story. If, if it was Gordon Kay, the saying would make sense, because it's desert on it, doesn't mean nothing. Well, it didn't kill Gordon either. I know, but it had a pop, didn't it? It did have a pop, yeah. yeah. It was a warning. Yeah. Stay out of high winds, if you know it's good for you. I've been hit in the head with a with a with a lug. <laughs> there was a brontus. I don't know why I'm in character. Still, <laughs> I, say, I don't dr- think he was. I'm driving French. up the M40 at the minute, and uh, <laughs> just, I've just I was coming from set, and I was still French. I'm still French about three or four hours after I finished my scenes on a lower low. Anyway, you stupid woman, can you not see? I've got a plank of wood in my head. <laughs> Poor Gordon, R.I.P. To be fair, he died a long time ago. Yeah, and a long time after that. In yeah. between being hit in the head with a log and now Gordon K died. Yeah. R.I.P. Gordon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, him and Remy have that chat, and then Remy's like, well, you know what, fuck it, I'll come with you to Bolivia. Because I got nothing else to do, so they get on their Virgin Atlantic plane. <laughs> prominently like, displayed Virgin prominently Atlantic. Prominently displayed, and Bond's like, "Oh, I'm so miserable, I can't sleep." So he goes to see a bartender, and you've got a story about this bartender, haven't you? All right. So first of all, I think mm. uh, we talked about this, and we can agree that this barman gives the worst performance in any Bond film, without a doubt. It is mm. appalling. So Bond is at the bar, which. I don't know if it's right next to the uh, the bit where people sleep, but he is being noisy chatting, mm. and uh, and he just um, Mathis comes up wearing pajamas on a plane, which is cute, and he says, uh, Bond says, "Do you want a drink?" And Mathis says, "What's he having?" And the guy, the guy tells him what he's drinking. I couldn't even deliver it because he's had three shots of gin, one of vodka, and half <laughs> measure of Kina Lillette, which is not a vermouth. He's had six of those. Right, I've just done it. That was shit what I just said. Better than him. Turns better out him. he's not Much even an actor. Yeah. I looked him up. Not a, He's a producer. Now, and when I told you that, you were like, yeah, this, that's, 
whores, the yeah. people who make these films, because yeah. like, they will bung people in. Yeah, because Branson was in Cinerale. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know if this bloke chucked money in. Must have done. Oh, but I, oh, did I tell you the, oh, the other part? And this guy, so he's he's fine. He's a producer. He's relatively successful. His wife used to be. Uh, she was in Miss. Is it Miss Universe? Miss Universe. She oh yeah. She was Miss Australia in the Miss Universe competition, and she got semi-famous about five or six years ago because uh, Donald Trump called her fat to her face. Oh, that one. Yeah, uh... that's this guy's wife. Small world. Blimey. Well, there you go. Well, I'm, I hope it was worth it, man, being in the worst Bond film ever made, and the the worst thing in the worst Bond. Yeah, and I'll tell you, yeah. I'll tell you something else as well. I did the mm. maths on it. So it's like, again, he says, "What is he drinking? Three measures of gin, one of vodka, and a half measure of Kinnelalet." Right? That's mm. twenty-seven shots. James Bond is drunk. <laughs> He's not sitting there looking sad. He's sitting there going, "Oh, fucking! Have I ever told you about Diana Rigg?" <laughs> I got a brontosaurus, man. Yeah, I've seen a brontosaurus. He's passing out. <laughs> My dad uh, died at sea, clutching a picture of a lady from the Avengers. Diana Rig? No, he fell off a boat. Um, <laughs> so they arrive at the airport and they're greeted by Fields and Fields, <laughs> Fields, Gemma Arterton, who I've got a lot of time for, but. She hasn't, not really much of a part of her here, is there? No, not really. She's supposed to be a strict sort of, you're getting back on the plane and going back to London. Uh, we're staying at this hotel. We're staying at a very low profile hotel. Uh, well, we have one our, good joke. We have, I'm going to say the our, best joke it's of a the great Craig joke. years. She says, our cover is we're teachers on sabbatical. And he looks at the hotel and goes, no, this is crap. Gets in the <laughs> drives to a great hotel and says, we're teachers on sabbatical. We've just won the lottery. Great joke. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't feel it has a place in this film, but there you go. Um, so then he takes her back to the hotel and he seduces her. And this is where we get one of the very few Bond theme cues, but it's very subtle. It's when he's walking around the hotel room. Because again, they've decided that he isn't proper Bond yet. I don't know why. Um, so then he seduces Fields. I mean, too easily. Too easy. Usually, yeah. I'm like, ah, it's Bond. I buy it. Not this one. She clearly hits his gut straight away, and his mm. chatterbrain is, "Come and help me find my stationery." Mm. Oh, there's my fountain pen. It's leaking again. I don't know. I, it's and she goes. She just has a little smile going. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go help him find his Basil and Bond now, right? Yeah. And <laughs> which is what he calls it. It does and, call it that. Um, yeah. It's not the Russ Abbott character, by the way. No, the the, no. the famous uh, stationery. Stationery. Uh, and and then oh yeah and then oh there's a scene oh no it's after isn't it that the um as it, it's established earlier I had to go back and listen to this three times as well that mm. um, Mathis while they're going to the hotel mm. there's intercut in between him yelling at the cab driver and giving the important information that he is friends with a colonel who is head of the local police force yes so he's going to go and vital. get them in well yeah because he needs to get them invited to this green part green planet event Dominic yeah. Green's party. So then he turns up with the invitations and Bond answers the door with no clothes on. And uh, he says, uh, by the way, you're having a drink with my friend, the Colonel. Or I'm having a drink with my friend, the Colonel. Yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah, yeah. Are you coming to the party? No, I'm going to go have a friend drink with my friend, the Colonel. To be honest with you, any time I have to turn down an invitation to an event now, I'm going to lie and say, I can't. I'm having a friend. I'm having a drink with my friend, the Colonel. That's what Elvis used to say. 
Yeah, I know, but that was true. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mine would be a lie. It would be a lie. Although, you know, you could pass for an Elvis. <laughs> Not with my hair. Well, you've got the dark hair. You could do the sort of pomp... What are they called? The, 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 the pompadour, whatever it was called. I could probably do a pompadour, and I do eat burgers on the toilet. So there are similarities. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Um, so Fields is like, oh, I can't believe I've slept with you. It's so boring and obvious. And he's, like, <coughs> he's like, well, whatever. Uh, why don't you get yourself? Why don't you get yourself something on, um, and we'll go to a we'll go to a party. My other favorite bit is when you paraphrase scenes from Bond films in a way that are just like it conveys what actually happens, but it's just not the vibe of it. Going, no, I'm have slept with you. Goes, uh, whatever. <laughs> Imagine that was the dialogue for this. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I, I bet you're disappointed in yourself now, aren't you? Yeah. Still, never mind. I had my fun. That's all that matters. <laughs> and he wouldn't tell from my face. Yeah. She's for like, the next you ever three smile? films. He's like, no. She goes, it's when you came. You started crying. Yeah. You started saying Vesper over and over again. I thought you were fucking a moped. <laughs> Wish I was fucking a moped. What do you... Uh, what? What? What does that even mean? Just mean you might be an Italian bloke on it. Um... So it's like it's like my grandmother always used to say, "Go fuck a moped." It's a famous saying. Was your grandmother okay? No, no, no. She was really, really unwell. She was in a family, a cult family. Oh, really? What were they? Well, it was a Brontosaurus Nazi. Fucking hell! Did she I go mean, to prison? I mean, that, yeah. Well, it stepped on her. Yeah. She so. murdered Sharon Slate. And Roland Paul Stonsky, <laughs> he was really upset because he was not in the country at the time. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> they go to the party, and it's really boring. Like, and the and Green gives this. There's a DJ playing a record that doesn't make any sound. There's nibbles that look horrible. And um, Green gives um, it gives a speech, doesn't he, about how it's really important that they've got this thing called the Tierra Project. And um, and and then after that, Bond finds Green talking to Camille, and it looks like he's going to try and push her off the old balcony. Which well, he does give her a push, and the balcony mm. cracks a bit because it's like an old mm. stone building. It's like yeah. first of all, that's not safe. Hmm. I mean, like the point of like, what is this? Sorry, is this house made of digestives? It does feel like it, doesn't it? Mm. And then, and then uh, Bond interrupts and says, "Oh, there you are." And they start chatting. And then Green does that thing about uh, you two will get on together. You'd like her. She's. Um, and then he says the the biggest cliche in films that I love: how you say you'd like this woman. She's how you say a woman. He says, this is how you say, damaged goods. Yeah. This this is, I, I wrote a long note, yeah, about, because uh, he says, he says, how well do you know Bond, Camille? Everything he touches withers and dies. Mm. What's withered and died? Yeah, Vesper, that's it. She that didn't wither. 
No. She drowned and died, right? And and she betrayed him, so it's not his fault. <clears throat> yeah. And and and, and it Unless is only he's talking about his, his house plants. That's what I've written down. He goes, Oh yeah, I'm not talking about her. I I've been keeping an eye on um, he's got this begonia that's fucked. <laughs> right? And mm. it's and is this weird thing all the way through the Craig years that they keep people like other characters keep painting him in the dialogue as this tragic haunted figure. Yeah. But actually what he does that we see him do is travel around the world fucking and drinking, staying in lovely hotels with his own money half the time when M's mm. cut him off and cutting his mm. credit cards off. Mm. And, then, and like I say, in no time they go, they go, oh, look, he's knackered and he's, he's out of ship. He's not. He's in the gym six days a week. He's having a lovely time. By, by no time to die, he's, he's shagging anyone who comes to the bar. He's got a really nice house on the beach. Yeah, Leave him got, alone. He's having a great time. He's got a ghost in his willy. He's got a oh no, that's Green who's got a ghost in his willy, isn't it? Well, I mean, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, but honestly, thing. the way they talk about him is... I know, it's stupid, isn't it? It's like, is this James Bond or is it Rigsby from Rising Damp you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it would be like saying that about Roger Moore. It'd be like, oh, this, you're, you're, he's damaged goods. Everything he touches withers and dies. Like, he just he has a fucking hang hop and shags women. Yeah, and he's doing. We he may be doing Patrick McGinney, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-mm. He's a handsome man. He's a lovely man, and they're close personal friends. And I think it's lovely that they got someone in their later years. If you're going to say something about Roger Moore, the only thing you can say is he's got a spray on his hair. Yeah, yeah. And Patrick McGinney's, you know, he's not. He's not quite as lithe as he used to be. But I'd imagine they still oh. had a nice cuddle. Exactly. I'd love a cuddle from Patrick McGinney. I'd love a cuddle. I'd love. I bet, Patrick I bet McNeese. he gives. Written... Mm, go on. I just I think he gives great cuddles. Absolutely, and his voice is like velvet. I'd imagine he could tell you anything, and you'd just be like, "Oh, this is nice." Imagine having Patrick McNee hug you and say, "There, there, everything's going to be all right." Oh my god! I'm a 42 year old adult man, and I think I'd probably weep. Yeah, I think I would. In a nice way, it'd be like a release. Hmm. He'd be like, "Everybody's talking about kickkeepers," <laughs> <laughs> right in your ear. It's a matter kind of fashion him, to be borrowed from the brutes. I probably would be like, can you go back to saying there, there, everything's going to be all right at that juncture. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was just it. trying to cheer you up. You seemed very sad. Does it bother you that I have no pants on? I'm afraid I guffed. Is that all right? Yeah, there, there. Keep saying there, there. Sorry, I did have eggs. All right, let's go and stand by the window. <laughs> Don't stop hugging me, but let's go stand by the window. <coughs> there, there. Oh, this one's bad. Anyway, um, so <clears throat> she, what I should say as well, Camille ruins one of his um, chats with businessmen. She comes over and goes, ah, this, this, everything this fella does is shit. Yeah, basically, yeah. And he's like, oh, you silly cow. But Bond takes her away, but not before Fields trips up Elvis on the stairs. And Elvis nearly left the building. Is it Fields who knocks it down? Fields. He goes running down the stairs after Bond and Field trips him up and goes, oh, I'm so sorry. And then Bond and Camille get in a Land Rover and drive off. And then they're stopped by police and the police are like, get out of the Land Rover. And he's like, oh, I wonder why. And then the guy goes, open the boot. And he's like, mm, what's in there? Now, this bit's confusing as fuck, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know how this has happened. I know what's happened here is that Mathis has been beaten up and put in the boot and they're supposed to think that Bond's done it, right? The police. Yeah. So Bond manages to kill the police 
and but not before Mathis is shot a couple of times in the back by the police. And then he goes to Mathis. Uh, Mathis goes, oh, forgive Vesper. And he's like, what? All right. And then he goes, uh, Mathis isn't your real name, is it? And he goes, um, no. And he goes, it's not a very good one, is it? What? Sounds all right. It's better than fucking... I mean, I, I went with Johnny Mathis, Star is Born. I was going to go with uh, Roy Wood, but I thought it would be a terrible... I was going for people to do Christmas songs. I was going to go with Rene from A Lower Low. <laughs> but he sued me. Yeah. And he hit me with a log. <laughs> Which, you know, as punishments go, is fairly ironic. Yeah. But then he just picks up Mathis, chucks him in a bin. Well... There's a line before that I don't quite understand, but as he's dying, he says, can we forgive each other now? Mm. I, think he, well, I, think, I think he bummed him on the plane. All right, because I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying he was into it, is what I'm saying. I know, uh, listen, I know you've had 27 drinks, Bond, but this isn't all right, and I'm wearing my hottest <laughs> flannel pyjamas. Uh, <laughs> you've ripped them right open at the back. And, um, yeah. And I, uh, so, but I forgive you. But in the plot of the movie, what is? No, what, I don't know. What does Bond know. have to? Re- it just, it's, it's one of those bits. Where it's like, are oh, you just saying things now? Yeah, I was going to no say script. This film feels like it's it's weighted, but there's no weight in it at all. It feels mm. like we're going to have a weighty emotional scene with the death of Mathis, who, you know, and twenty minutes ago we brought out of a lovely retirement, and now he is in a bin. Yeah. <laughs> but we are saying this. It's a beautiful moment, and then you actually stop and hear what they're talking about. You're like, "This is this is stupid. I don't understand what's going on." I'm sure yeah, someone will reply to me close. and tell me, but no, 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 they're not. <clears throat> it's just stupid. I, they could have killed somebody else. Who else could they have brought back and killed him? Or they could bring. Oh, they, they bring back, back Richard Branson. Mm. Yeah. Richard Branson. Yes, he opens a boot. Richard Branson's and they're gagged, and like mm. just the police turn up, and he goes, "Hang on a sec." Shoots Richard Branson twice in the head, and says, "Take mm. me away." Yeah. Oh, Richard Branson just comes out and then he says, Branson's not your real name, is it? And he says, no. And then he just pushes a button and a big hot air balloon comes out of his ass, and he floats off. Or all the plays are exactly the same. And then when he picks up Richard Branson and puts him in a bin, it pans mm. out and it just says virgin bins. There you go. Perfect. Which the only thing that they, I assume they make bins. They did cola for a while. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Uh, well, great. I mean, I was a, no. No. Also, I, it's tricky to make a soft drink because it, it was is. out when I was in school. And if you've got a packed lunch and the first thing you're taking out every morning is a thing that says virgin when you're 14 mm. years old, it's an issue. I mean, you were a virgin when you were 14, weren't you? I was, but in, you mm. know what it was like in school. It's like yeah. everyone had to pretend they lost virginity in, you know, primary school. Like Don Johnson did. In our school. It yeah, Don Johnson day. said he was in a he left his virginity in a Welsh school when he yeah, was thirty eight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if Don Johnson's lawyers are listening, that was a joke. He made, he he once said in an interview that he lost his virginity with a babysitter, which is nonsense. But it was a Welsh school. But it was in a Welsh school at three in the yeah. afternoon. Yeah. I've come to pick up a kid. Which one? Anyone. <laughs> All right, Crockett, I'll bring them out. Pick which one you want. Bit of a lax school, this one. 
which is entirely what I was counting on. (laughs) Wait a minute, is that your Don Johnson impression? Yeah, it's not bad, is it? (laughs) Which is exactly what I was counting on. (laughs) It sounds a bit like Wallace Shawn. (laughs) Maybe it was Wallace Shawn. Anyway, so then, yeah, Bond chucks him in the bin and Camille's like, oh, that's not very nice. And he's got, he says it's what he would have wanted. Or he says, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. He wouldn't care. I think he would care. Dan, when you pass away, would you like to have a lovely funeral service with your family contender? Would you like to be in a bin in Bolivia? (laughs) Do you know what? I was thinking Mm. this during this scene and I think Mm. I agree and go, I wouldn't give a toss. Because you're dead. Yeah. But then, you know, like, it'd be like find a grave. Like, (laughs) you look up comedian Dan Thomas, find a grave, born in, you know, Wales, died, Bolivia, grave location. In or around a bin, yeah. (laughs) Bin. Yeah. I think that's actually way funnier, so I'm actually going to say that's now my preference. I rewrote my will last week, and they asked if I had any special... (laughs) Actually, genuinely, I I rewrote my will last week, and uh, and after I did all the proper stuff, they said, do you have anything else you want to leave to anyone specific? And Mm. I really nearly went, if it wouldn't cost me another fiver to do it, I nearly left all my copies of Highlander 2 to you. But also... (laughs) All your copies? How many have you got? got I got two DVDs and one VHS... Like, and when yeah, I I'll go, they, them. yeah, I know, but you, I'll just give them, I didn't want to make it legal, but they're yours. But right, they also right, said, do you have any requests for your funeral? <laughs> and I said, no, I don't mind. I'll let people know closer to the time what I want. And now <laughs> I would like, I would like bin in Bolivia. <laughs> and I don't care if people have to travel to come to the service. Tough. You love me. I mean, there's a reality, celebrity reality show in that, isn't there? Who can plan the worst funeral? Yeah. Oh my God. That'd be an yeah. amazing idea. Hmm. You get six celebrities who are terminally ill. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking hell. And they have to come up with the wackiest funeral. And then at the end of the series, the, the winner gets to, you know, we get to all go to their funeral, apart from everyone who's died, of course. <laughs> all right. Um, you write that down because you know right. what? Someone somewhere is going to make that. What are you going to call it? Going in style. Go. Nice. Yeah. So Bond and Camille arrive at an airstrip and swap he swaps his Land Rover for a plane. <coughs> and then they have a little chat on this plane. And then we get another really dull action sequence with planes. Yeah. This I've just written Airwolf. Yeah. Yeah, it's Airwolf. But on paper this should be fun, but it's really boring and then when they eventually do jump out of the plane it's CG. That's unforgivable. Then they land and then they're in this little cave in Bolivia. And then he... Uh... It's a proper oh, polystyrene cave like from Star Trek as well. It is, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, M finds out about Mathis's death and that they reckon Bond did it. So she goes to see the lovely Tim Piggott Smith who's no longer with us. Oh. I've got you... Oh, no, I was going to say, you've been watching the Sinbad films and I was going to say uh, he's in one of them, but he's not. He's in Clash of the Titans. Easy mistake to make. Yeah. Oh. So, she said, uh, Tim Piggott says to her, Bond needs bringing in before the Americans put him down. So she asks for time to get it done. So then Bond and Camille have a long, boring conversation about her past and how General Medrano murdered her entire family and set her house on fire, leading her in there. So that's why she's got these scars. Mm. Um, Bond apologises for taking her off the boat when she had the chance to shoot him. And she said, yeah, well, basically, I've wanted to kill him for 
20 years and you ruined it so thanks a lot dickhead and then they leave this they leave the little bit where they're in is this as they said that she turns out she's Bolivian secret service and she was yes. undercover yes and they say that like and they they present that like it's like a big twist it's like, well, obviously that's what she was going to be. Because I think they thought, oh, it'll be, people will be like, oh, who is she? And But it's, it's just annoying that we don't know who she is and that she's just this weird, half, sort of formed character all the way through until this point. Just tell us earlier who she is because it's just been annoying for the last hour. Yeah, yeah. But she's good, though, the actress playing her. She's brilliant. She I hasn't say really actress, had... I mean actor. Actor, yeah, yeah. Mm. She's um, She uh, hasn't really, she's properly had the curse of the bonds, hasn't she? Yeah, the last like thing I saw her in that I really liked her, she was in Death of Stalin. That's right. She's, so she's been in stuff, but I mm. thought she was really good in this, and she could have been one of the ones who breaks out as a star in her own right, but yeah, that well, she's like, never happens she, to a She's like Eastern European, isn't she? But she's doing a cracking um, South American accent here, I think. And also, she's the only Bond girl he doesn't sleep with. We assume. We assume. He gives her a little kiss later, but... He gives her a little kiss later. Yeah. We don't know how many times all the women in the previous films that they've just cut out the bit where he's sitting at the end of the bed going, I shouldn't have had those 27 drinks. Yeah. And also, he doesn't sleep with her in this because the night before he'd had a scotch egg and his breath smelled like gas. It's breaking down, but I think I can still smell that. <laughs> uh, but basically, the, the twist is, is that the reason they want all this land is because there's an under ground dam where they've been storing all the water oh there's an, yeah it's an underground lake that they're damming off mm. is that right yes okay. right so it's not diamonds and it's not anything obvious it's water water is an important commodity that they're siphoning off from all the people yeah which is quite boring isn't it uh yeah it's not yeah, chinatown it it's a bond film Everything about, well, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It, it just the whole thing, and ultimately, it's not global domination. It's destabilizing no. the water supply in Bolivia. Mm. Now then, if I was reading the Guardian and going, oh, "Isn't it terrible what's happening in Bolivia?" I'd be like, "It's terrible what's happening in Bolivia." Mm. It's a Bond film, and as a Bond viewer, I'm going, "I don't really give a crap." Yeah, I'm no. sorry, everyone. I want lasers pointed at the moon or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, a, or or a gadget boat. <laughs> that's yeah. got a special or, missile that blows up Nazi brontosauruses I thought it shot out Nazi brontosauruses yeah like good ones <laughs> like the Autobots to the Decepticons of the other ones yeah. I love how haughty you got there yeah good ones <laughs> read look at my schematics <laughs> it's the blue swastika of their hair's part the other way and they got a little goatee because they're evil no, well, the good ones haven't no, no, but the bad ones are going to go. Oh, the bad ones have, yeah, yeah. A good I mean, which is stop. a bit, which is gilding the lily, really, because if you've got a brontosaurus with a swastika on there, and you go, I can't tell if it's evil or not. Well, it's got a goatee, so it must be. All right. That was actually Steve. He's been growing one because he's leaving soon. He's yeah. He's that's Steve. He's just uh, he's leaving to start a band. That's why he's got one. He's yeah. got a little soul patch. Yeah, it's sad that he's dead. He had a great voice. Yeah, he was a really good drummer. Which is yeah. not true of a lot of brontosauruses. No, no, you'd, they, you'd think they'd find it quite logistically difficult to play drums. Yeah, because they do one beat and they just trash the drum set. But he was delicate, yeah. Steve. Absolute hands of an artist. We you should call him, him a, a beatosaurus. 
I bet he's dead now. <coughs> Please join us at eight o'clock for his um, funeral. It's in a bin in Bolivia. <laughs> it's in a TV show called <laughs> That's So uh, Whack, where we going arrange. In style. It's called Going in Style, mm. and this week uh, they'll they will be Steve the Brontosaurus and Lily Allen. Wow, I didn't realise she passed. She hasn't, because you, you've oh. got to book them before they die. Uh, of course you do, yeah. yeah. It's your oh, idea. R.I.P. Steve. Um, so Bond and Camille go back to the town, and then he goes into his hotel. Now, when he gets to the he goes to the hotel reception, he says to Camille, just stay here, I'll be back in a minute. And he goes up to his room, and that's when M is there, and she shows him that Fields is dead. <laughs> that's what M actually says. <laughs> Um, yeah, she's covered in oil, so it's a bit of a Goldfinger nod. It's, I mean, it's exactly gold. She's in the yeah. same position. Mm. Yeah, and Bond just looks at her and goes, "I didn't do that. Mine doesn't come out of that color." No, it's not that. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe they didn't I, do it. I knew that was. A, I wrote <laughs> down a note about that possibility as being a a joke. Is it? And I just wrote down, "Ah, John will do it." Yeah, I did. Yeah. Also, no one did the oil fields joke. It's so obvious. Yeah. Uh, but M's like, he says to M, there's no bloody oil. It's a complete thing, idiot, stupid prick. And then she goes, oh, yeah, well, look at this. Fucking fields covered in oil. And he's like, oh, there's egg on my face. Yeah, and oil on hers. And oil and, on um, hers. Yeah. But, it's, but she goes, you're so blinded by rage, you don't care who you hurt. And, and she gets really angry and goes, she was supposed to send you home. She just works in office and you got her killed. He didn't get her killed. Mm. No, he didn't. Not really. All he and did also, was pull it. And also, M fucking sums up the problem here. She goes, she was just sent to put... She works in an office. I sent her to put you on a plane. It's like, well, it's your fault then. Because she's not it's a field agent. It's your fault then. Even Get though she's called Fields. Oh, I see what's happened here. I asked for a field agent and they sent me Fields. Oh, I get it. Yeah. 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 But, but he, it's, just, it's that thing of Bond gets blamed for stuff. I feel almost mm. sad for it. He's a bit more like Frank Spencer. Oh, Frank, look what you've done now. You shagged the bird and she died of oil. Right? It's just like, <laughs> they, but he, it's not like they, all that happened is he hit it off and he shagged. It's not like he's like, oh, love, let's have it off. Mm. But he better wear a condom like because I got this really weird STD where I do it to a girl and then about 12 hours later some guys turn up and drown her in oil like. Yeah, it's not like... <laughs> I don't think that's an STD, Bond. <laughs> Well, it's happening a lot. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think it's your fault, is what I'm saying. Ah, oh, good. All right, now explain this rash. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an STD. Right. right. <laughs> it's of a swastika on my forehead. Is that weird? Oh, that is a bit weird, yeah. And I'm a brontosaurus. And you're a brontosaurus. <laughs> yeah. I just noticed. I'd never noticed that before. <laughs> yeah, is this... So, anyway, so give me, is there a cream for it? Not <laughs> no, really. Not really, no. No. What colour is your swastika? Blue. Good. Good. So that's a good healthy colour. <laughs> I'd be worried if it was red. <laughs> you you stab people with brooms. Um, so Bond's suspended from active duty, pending an investigation, and he's handcuffed and put in a lift, and then we get a bit where he beats up all his comrades, all his colleagues. That's like you, uh, you know, Welsh telly where you work. Yeah. So I go up to you and go, well, Dan, you've covered the, the person editing your show in oil. Yeah. You're suspended. Yeah. And these two people you, you've worked with for years are going to take you to the lift and then you beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Not nice, is it? Look, you do what you can in 
Welsh media. That's true. That's true. It's, it's a cutthroat game, isn't it? It's pretty cutthroat, yeah. <laughs> Literally. I spilled hot chocolate on the woman who edits my stuff once. Is that? That's not okay. the same. That is kind of the same. Did she pass well, she away? <laughs> no, she just went, ow. Oh, well. Maybe it's not it's as just, dramatic. It's a, it's a case of you know just like limiting it down. Like maybe maybe you'd get like a, a, a sort of telling off. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I I'm exactly like James Bond, except mm. instead of gold or oil, I dip women in hot chocolate and they live. Yeah, there you go. That's more acceptable, so, I think. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so he goes back to him and goes, "Look, basically, shut the fuck up. I know what's going on." I'm going to go and sort this out. I'll be. I'll have it sort. I'll have it sewn up in an hour. You know, not an hour, t- two hours. Also, there's a bit here that annoys me earlier on, where they goes. Uh, uh, M says, um, "Oh, your friend in reception. We've let her go. She says this isn't her fight." Fuck off! I hate that line. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Bond buggers off, and then he gets outside, and Camille's there in her car and picks him up, and then uh, he goes to meet Felix. But first, we meet Be- Beam and Lighter are in their office, in uh, the Bolivian CIA office, and they're having a conversation about the best thing to do not to get the shits. That's quite a good gag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's quite a good gag as well. When Bond turns up and he's just like, how do you know where we were? The cab driver knew where you were. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, so he meets, and then, and then um, Felix says to him, look, they're going to meet at this hotel. There's a hotel in the middle of the desert that's the most explosive hotel that's ever been built in the world. And there's They're no roads go next to it, and it's mm-hmm. very nice looking, but nobody's staying there, and it's awful. No. Yeah, and it, and it's the most flowerable hotel ever built. Yeah. And then Bond Even though goes, it's made of metal and glass. Yeah. Yeah, but like the, the fire warden went there to look at it, and he burnt down as soon as he walked in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not good. Because uh, he, he looked like the priest from Lawnmower Man. He just walked through the door yeah. and up like kindling. Yeah, he went invisible. He looked like Rod Steiger from the Amityville House. Just walked in, was like ah, and collapsed. But he still ticked it off. She's very professional of him. Uh, and then Bond goes, "What else have you got to tell me?" And then he goes, "Well, the CIA are all coming to shoot you. You've got to move now." And he goes, "Well, how soon?" And he goes, "Right now." That really yeah. annoys me. He goes, mm. how long have I got? And he goes, 30 seconds. Is that He doesn't yeah. check his watch. He doesn't look at the clock. Mm-hmm. He's been counting the whole time. What a knob. Mm-hmm. And then Bond buggers off and then Beam comes in and goes, what did you tell him? And he goes, what we agreed. So then we go to Perla de las Dunas, Hotel in the Desert. And Medrano and his men are waiting for Green. And then they have a little expository chat. Why is this building so hot? It is the fuel cells. They are highly flammable. What is the point of that? It is so they explode, you fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very annoying. Well, well, luckily, we're near a fire station, are we? No, no. We're near a pig boy with nothing. The fire brigade here is one man. He has asthma and no car. (laughs) And one bucket. And and he's allergic to the water. And he pisses oil, which is terrible for fire. <laughs> Chip Pan. Chip Pan Willie, we call him. Chip Pan Willie. Speed dial? No, no, no. We have to 
Telegramm. Telegramm. Send him a telegram. Moscow. We send him a copy of the telegraph that we have written fire on. <laughs> and then he comes here. Has he got a siren? No, he just goes, we were, we were, we were. <laughs> and it's an hour walk. This all sounds I'll be fine. With you, this is the worst best Western I have ever stayed in. You should see the travel lodge next door. It is worse. <laughs> it is one big grenade with a room in it. It is one big fuel cell with a pillow. <laughs> and the pillow is always hot. <laughs> anyway, so then Green and his men turn up and say, look, we're going to arrange this coup for you, but it's going to be more money than you thought. And he's like, well, that's a worse deal than we had before. And then he goes, well, you can think about that when you wake up with your bowls in a jar. <laughs> and he's like, all right, all right, I'll sign it then. I like the bowls where they are. I've been yeah. using them. Yeah. I've been putting them in a jar, but they are, they're still attached to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been I've been teabagging jars of marmalade. I don't know why, but I like it. Paddington does too. <laughs> Mine are easy to clean because I shave them. Paddington's, yeah. he has, he's, he's got he has to shampoo it out. Yeah. yeah. You have to have a big bath. I don't know why he keeps sending a picture of it to his aunt in Peru. <laughs> Stupid cunt. He'd still eat marmalade sandwiches in the bath. Back to square one. <laughs> bath full of marmalade again. I'll run another one. Ah, oh, no, I've eaten another marmalade sandwich. Be good if one day there was a big like murder scene at the Browns and Paddington had just reverted to his feral state and eaten them all. Like the grizzly man. Vern Herzog Norega. And here we see bears in humanity to man of the Browns trusting in nature and nature being all exposed teeth and claw. <laughs> oh God, I want someone to do a double that. Just <laughs> do a better one. My my Herzog's not very good. Um, oh, it's not bad. Oh, thank you. It's better when I can use my throat properly, but at the moment, if I do anything like that, I will cough for an hour. <coughs> so. Uh, 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 yeah, as the actress said of the bishop, just had a say yeah. that. Yeah. Medrano signs all the deals and everything, and then he says, I want a beer brought to my hotel room, please, because I intend to sexually harass you. <laughs> and I believe that waitress is played by Una Chaplin. Who? Una Chaplin. Who's that? Chaplin's granddaughter? Charlie Chaplin's... Daughter? No, not daughter. Yeah, daughter, I think. Or granddaughter, then. It must be granddaughter. Yeah, it must be granddaughter, I think. He had about 48 kids, though, didn't he? With women that all were about 14. I know, but he didn't have them in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. But yeah, um, so she brings a beer to his home, and then his home, his room, and he sexually harasses her, which is fun. And then Bond, because he's such a fun guy... He takes Camille to the outside of the perimeter of the. Why have they done? Why have they got to make him a rapist? It again. Uh, it's, it's take just, this dark mm. edge off out of it. And more than mm. that, later on, when, when the place is burning down, his room's on fire. He's still, mm. he's still having a go. He's like, I'm not leaving here with blue balls. Yeah, I might be on fire, but I'll let, I'll leave when I'm covered in marmalade. But I'm not leaving <laughs> if they're blue. <laughs> But why I hate is that they get to the hotel and he's like, have you ever killed someone? 
she's like no and he goes well I'm going to give you a really pretentious long speech while I sit here in glasses that are too small for my face yeah I hate these sunglasses on him but anyway he gives her this wrong pretentious speech about killing someone and then they go in and then the colonel's leaving from earlier and Bond jumps in the bonnet and goes you and I had a mutual friend and then shoots him in the face <laughs> but it's all done so quickly you can't really tell what's happening immediately well the whole scene is I mean this is mm. this is the big third act scene it lasts about yeah. two and a half minutes yeah basically the hotel just fucking blows up yeah Camille Camille gets with Medrano Bond has a fight with Green which is just like really it's, it just doesn't work because he's quite a small man compared to Daniel Craig he's got an axe so he's that gives him axe. a bit of an edge but even then it doesn't work does it no, it's such a short fight. I think we have three yeah. swings, and he, it, yeah, it is the equivalent of just Daniel Craig holding his arm out under Dan, Dominic Green's forehead. Yeah, while he swings at yeah. him. While he swings at him. The yeah. axe in the foot's a nice touch, though. That must be quite yeah. painful. Yeah, 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 the entire hotel, as we predicted earlier, explodes into an inferno, and Bond follows. Bond is trapped in a room with Camille after Madrana has been shot. I like the bit where you hear the gunshot and, and Green says, look, sounds like you lost another one. Quite like that. Yeah. But he goes in there and um, for a minute, it looks like he's going to shoot themselves, shoot them both to death. Because he says, close your eyes. And then a fuel cell gets ex- exposed in the wall because obviously they're in the wall everywhere. And he shoots that and blows the wall out. <coughs> <coughs> and then he follows Green out into the desert and then says to him... Um, we, we cut and then he says to him well thanks for telling me everything about quantum <laughs> here's a jar of oil I bet I didn't know it was it. a jar of oil he ah. said I bet you I bet you get 20 hours before you consider drinking that but he chucks it down and the meat because he doesn't get a close up of it it's just something hitting his feet I thought it was like is that a tub of peanuts no it's oil which is stupid I know now because he mentioned it later on but at the time I was like mm. well, that's just salty that's going to make it worse if anything it's just fucking stupid who would drink oil even if they were thirsty yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. I wouldn't. Do you know what? And I would be like, I'm probably not going to take that with me since I'm doing my walk, hmm. because I don't want to be. I don't want to tempt myself. I wonder if you drink it, do you turn into a car? <laughs> yeah, maybe he's like, I'll, I'll be like, like a transformer if I drink it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. He turns into Optimus Green. <laughs> anyway, so Bond goes back to Camille. They go to the train station and he drops her off, and they have a little smooch, and she says, "Little one." Just a little smooch. She asks if the dead will sleep now, to which Bond responds that he doesn't think the dead care about vengeance. And she says, I wish I could set you free. It's like, Jesus Christ, love, so do we. Fucking hell. But no, we've got another three films of this shit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So they have a brief kiss, as we say. And then in Russia, this bit I do like, actually. We get a, a, a couple going to their flat, switch on the lights. He's sitting there. And it's Vesper's boyfriend. I'll says, tell you this uh, right now. Mm, yeah. How come this block is able to seduce any amazingly attractive women he sees? He's not a bad looking fella, is he? He's not bad looking, but it's like he's like it's not like he's just saying come back to my place and they're like, yeah, yeah, he was a shag. It's like come back to my place and um betray your country. Yeah. He's not that good looking. He's got slightly pooby air. He might be hung like fuck though, for all you know. Yeah, but you can't open with that. You might have a Portuguese. So he's got to. You got to meet. You can, yeah, but you got to meet a girl first and get talking to her. You can't go. Oh yeah, are you a spy? Yeah, have a look at this. 
But he's not going to say, oh, yeah, can I have your official secrets? He'll just say, oh, well, I believe you work for the Canadian intelligence. How about looking at this particular secret act? Look at look at this maple. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Lots of sap. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, the lumberjack. Uh, Bond says, you work for Canadian... I, I suggest you check your um you check your your self before you wreck yourself uh you might have some leaks it's like he's not welsh love um and then she, she leaves and then he says to him um right and then he leaves and then M says to him oh so you didn't kill him and it's like all right fuck it sharp sorted it out didn't i and then she goes oh so you're back then and he's like oh well, i never left you did though didn't you mm. and then he walks off in the snow and then we get the gun barrel where it looks like he's dying for shit he's like is that the same walk did they use that for the rest of the films no it's a different one every time okay so I'm glad we go, okay. okay can we just do that one again because it looks like did you have a big lunch about three hours ago I did yeah okay well do you want to go and unload and we'll go again Nope. Sorry, okay. I haven't got time. i got to go and sell some Panasonic TVs and some <laughs> I was say, I've got to do an advert for Texas Home Care. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Quantum of Solace. Yeah, that's, I was, uh, yeah, no, you've never got to watch that again. I will let you do a Royal Royal. I will never watch it again, no. <laughs> I won't be doing another Bond series, no. Well, I'm glad I could be part of it. I'm glad you could, because I've been putting this one off for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Now you've got questions for me. I do have questions for you. I have, this uh, is exciting. Said, on the um, on the, what do you call it? Uh, on the on the WhatsApp on the hundred uh, October one. I've done this oh, many yeah. many times now. So mm. let's go with. Let me just pull up my questions. Excuse me. It's on a different. You could probably cut this bit out. But, uh, mm. uh, well, I'm quite excited about this because you've chosen to give me the questions from James Lipton's yeah. Actor Studio. Yes, because the thing is, we have, we've known each other for many years now. Mm. and I, But I feel you don't really know someone until you ask these questions and get the answers off them. Sure. I, I think this is why they ask the questions because I think you really found out about somebody. Right. Mm. Question one. <clears throat> John Arbuthnot Rain. <laughs> These are the questions written by uh, whatever his name was, Pivo James. Um, James. Oh, oh no, James sorry. Lipton. But they were they were by some French TV presenter perfected the questions. So the first question is: okay. What is your favourite word? Right, it's going to be really boring, but it is yes. A lot of people. That was Tom Cruise's answer. Oh, was it? I just like it's yeah. it's it's a pleasing word. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it's a very positive word. That's very good. What is your mm. least favourite word? Death. <laughs> and you say it a lot, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. In in your in in the podcasting. Yeah. Um, what's your what? <laughs> Not in this one's trouble, Ed. But uh, um. <clears throat> John Rain, what turns you on? I like the way you've asked it, like Lipton as well. Eh? <laughs> in case someone doesn't know, that by the way, this, there was a program on the um, late nineties, early two thousands, and well into the yeah, 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 for fifteen years, the show lasted. Yep. 
I only caught it the late night. They showed showing showing it on Sky. Um, was it Bravo or something? Or I can't remember. I think it was Sky Arts. Sky Arts. Because <coughs> inside the actor studio, I need to ask these questions to celebrity again. Anyway, um, a meeting of minds. What turns you on? A meeting of minds. Mm. Very good. Very good. Mm. What turns you off? Agro. Really? Yeah. It, I suppose it depends on where it's happening. Like, yeah, negativity generally, I think. I genuinely, I'm, I, I'm loving the fact that you're giving straight answers to these because I thought you were going to say tits to all of them. <laughs> and, <laughs> I did cross my mind. Yeah. Yeah. What noise or sound do you love? Laughter. Everyone says laughter as well, especially the laughter, mm. of, laughter of my children, love, people say. The laughter Not of my your children. children. Oh. Yeah. The laughter of James Lipton's children. God, he fell on a pepper pot. Did he know? (laughs) With his trousers off, he's upside down for some reason. What sound or noise do you hate? Fighting. The sound of fighting. Yeah, I find it very stressful. I mean, real life, I assume, because obviously you watch quite yeah. a lot of fighting. In, yeah, 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 in real life. Like, if you're in a pub how, somewhere and it goes off. Yeah, I don't like that. How often does that happen to you? Well, growing up in Watford, it happened a lot in pubs and stuff. <laughs> okay, yeah. all right, okay. Yeah. Oh, did you ever get involved? Um, No. You weren't a brawler in your youth? No, I was not a brawler, no. No. Okay. <laughs> the, this is the one the world's been waiting for. What is your favourite curse word? Fuck. That's it? Yeah. I, I find I use that word the most, I think. Do you, do you, not in a kind do you of any... weird way. Not in a Harvey Keitel way. No. But do you have uh, any favourite, um, like, because obviously very, it gets used in a lot of ways. Do you have any yeah. favourite derivations of it? Or um, you know, for fuck's sake or fuck off. Just, yeah. yeah. I think it's the one I probably use the most. I mean, cunt's a very satisfying one, but it's like I don't use it as much as fuck. No, I like I like chicken, uh, chucking uh, the F word into the middle of other words. Yeah. Fan-fucking-tastic. It, yeah, it's very flexible, and it can also be positive and negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas you well, can't say to someone, yeah. you're a right cunt, and they'll be like, oh, thanks. If you yeah, say someone, you can say, real... you've, got a really, you've got a really nice... Um, Selection of door furnitures. <laughs> uh, John, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I'd like to work in radio. In what capacity? What do you think you might like to do? I'd like to be a broadcaster. You've got a, I've told you this before, you've got a great voice. Oh, thank you very much. You have a you have a proper broadcasting tone and, and timbre. Yes, thank timbre. You. <laughs> if anyone's listening, I'm available. And uh, on, on your Twitter, you don't. You should mention your Twitter more, so that people know to go on to you and go like, "Ah, oh, that bloke could do radio." <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? Oh, anything DIY related or anything. I'm really bad at it. Oh, really? You yeah, seem like... quite practical and, and manly. Oh God, no, 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 no! I'm absolutely appalling at any kind of like, um, like I, re- I recently in the last couple of years have had to put together furniture on my own. And um, it just takes me so long. I'm just, I haven't got the brain for it. Or anything maths related. I've got like, um, 
is it called like discalcula oh yeah <clears throat> yeah where any kind of numbers just boggles my mind but you can still use a screwdriver yeah yeah but i can't create like my brother's really good at like just building shelves and stuff out of scratch but i couldn't do that oh i, I would use wood personally but mm. that's fine um Okay, right, finally, and this is, mm. I mean, <laughs> and this is considering okay. what your least favourite word is. Yeah. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome. I hope you like lots of leg room. <laughs> imagine, imagine you're going to spend eternity in heaven and go, it's very comfy, this cloud, but it's very close to the cloud in front, isn't it? Well, and I've got long back. I've got long legs, right? I've been cursed with this since I was about 15, 16 when I had this really horrible growth spurt. But if I get on a bus or a train or a plane, my knees are always right up against the seat in front of me. So heaven to me would be leg room. And not just, just to be clear, not just when you're being rimmed. Not when I'm being rimmed, no. But heaven to me would be anywhere I sit, I've got excellent leg room. <laughs> I love that. That's the best answer I've ever heard. Oh, Actually, sure. that's the second best answer I've ever heard because Peter Falk had a lovely when he, he goes, what do you want God to say to you when you arrive in heaven? Where'd you get those shoes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I love that one. <coughs> oh, yeah, John, uh, mm. thank you very much uh, for joining us. Oh, wait, wait, this is yours. Go on, carry on. Oh, well, thank you very much for those creative <laughs> questions. Um, I, I really enjoyed that because I used to be really addicted to that show, so it was nice to... I love it. I love it. Mm. Um, and I just I, I like this bit at the end of the show where questions are asked, but you can't ask me the questions no more. So I'm going to yeah. figure it out. And if you ever have me on again, I'm going to I'm going to come up with uh, I'll find some other questions. Oh, I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Well, thank you very much, Dan, for going through Quantum of Solace with me. Yeah, it's, you should have a friend go through that with you. I think you should. I think you should. Um, but until next time, goodbye. Bye. I'm working for the Brits I've got cars and guns and gadgets I've got ladies with big brains I've got licenses to kill I've got licenses to fish I've got sexy suits and air miles But here's my biggest wish I'd like a quantum of solace But no more than a quantum I know they do big bags of solace But I don't want them I only want a teeny tiny slice of solace Before I choose you Bottom location chase, bottom location chase Shooting dirty baddies in the busy foreign street Bottom location chase, bottom location chase Running all around and now I've really hurt my knees out So Mr. Bond Yes, hello um, You want to stop me? I do want to stop you, yes, but only if it's exciting. I met a lovely lady, but found out she was a rotter. So we exchanged some saucy quips. I snogged her, then I shot her. 
But I felt quite bad because I'm such a modern complex guy Sometimes this job gets to you and maybe that is why I'd like a quantum of solace but no more than a quantum I know that you do big bags of solace but I don't want them I only want a teeny tiny slice of solace before I shoot you Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 